And the Oscar goes to... We know who the Oscars went to, but should they have gone there? Welcome to And the Oscars Should Have Gone To, a place where we discuss, debate, and decide certain Best Picture races from the Academy Awards, and then reveal who we think should have been awarded the Best Picture Oscar that year. Maybe our Best Picture pick was clearly the movie everybody loved that year. Maybe it was an influential work that filmmakers still discuss years later. Or maybe it's just the movie that everyone rewatched year after year. As always, we recommend that you folks at home watch each nominee so you can make your own determination, and then let us know how wrong we are. And with that, we thank the Academy, and let's start the show. Thenceforth, Redmond Barry assumed the style and title of Barry Lyndon. I think there's a storm. Seems like it's a brewing. That's what my granddaddy used to say all the time before he lost his hearing. Once he got deaf, he never talked much no more. Back there, man! Get over there! Will ya? He wants to kill me so bad he can taste it. I got always gonna kill you. Attica! 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 It's all psychological. You yell Barracuda. Everybody says, huh? What? You yell shark. We've got a panic on our hands on the Fourth of July. Jesus, I mean, you guys do nothing but complain about how you can't stand it in this place here, and then you haven't got the guts just to walk out? I mean, what do you think you are, for Christ's sake, crazy or something? Mm-hmm. Well, you're not. <laughs> you're not. You're no crazier than the average asshole out walking around on the streets, and that's it. Jesus Christ, I can't even believe it. My name is Dylan. I'm coming out of Los Angeles, and I've loved movies uh, ever since I saw Star Wars about 200 times when it came out in the 70s. And uh, I'm also the only person I know that actually got the book 1001 Movies to See Before You Die, and I watched every movie in there. And the, the Oscars is like my Super Bowl. I don't care who wins the Super Bowl, and half the time I don't care who wins the presidential election, but I get very, very exercised about who wins the Oscar. Who the hell are you? <laughs> I'm Glennis, and I am in Los Angeles, and I have been a movie fan ever since seeing a double feature of King Kong and Orca at the drive-in when I was five. I did fall asleep during Orca, but I have seen it since. And I love to talk about movies, and I live for celebrity sightings. So also very glad to just recently be back in California. Rob? Hi, my name is Rob. Uh, I was born in Boston. East Coast guy, um, diehard movie and sports fan. Um, So Belichick and the Patriots can do no wrong. Oh, wait a minute. Um, But anyway, he's gone. So we're we're on to movies. And uh, yeah, I've been a movie fan since I first, (laughs) you're going to laugh at what the very first movie I saw was. It was the the Beatles' uh, Let It Be, um, which is very, uh, very interesting for a very first movie. Um, You know, it wasn't a children's movie that i saw in the theater i went along with some older friends of mine and i was very confused as to what was what was going on and who these people were um but i enjoyed it and uh, kind of followed that up with some other movies that were more appropriate for my age and uh, kind of grew along with that and now i see probably i don't know 50 to 100 movies a year i mean it's two a week i would say one one on the big screen one on the little screen uh, but I'm really excited to be doing this podcast, and oh, I'm also an accountant, which I find just as interesting and exciting as movies, so you can tease me about that all you want. Cool. 
No. So for this year, we're starting 1975, which I personally think is a great place to start. Um, for a variety of reasons, it, it can be seen as the birth of modern, if not movie making, at least movie marketing and how we view movies ever since with the summer blockbuster. The Oscar nominees that year also are somewhat of a trend for how Oscar nominations would be going forward, more or less. There's blockbusters, there's critically acclaimed movies, and then there's movies that are kind of art house movies. And I think Hollywood likes to kind of spread the field that way and try and have something for everybody. So for 1975, if none of you know, the nominees were Barry Lyndon, which is a historical drama written, directed, and produced by Stanley Kubrick, based on the 1844 novel The Luck of Barry Lyndon by William Makepeace Thackeray, which I know you've all read. It stars Ryan O'Neill, Marissa Berenson, Patrick McGee, and um, Leon Vitale, who maybe we'll talk about later, if we, depending on how much we talk about Barry Lyndon. And it recounts the exploits and uh, the later undoing of an 18th century uh, Irish rogue who's basically a gold digger climbing the social ladder uh, by marrying a rich widow and assuming her late husband's aristocratic, arist- aristocratic position. Excuse me. Uh, the movie got seven overall nominations uh, besides picture, including director, adapted screenplay, etc. Dog Day Afternoon is a biographical crime drama uh, directed by Sidney Lumet and starring Al Pacino, John Cazell, and Charles Durning. Uh, it's based on a real-life incident, The Boys in the Bank, uh, which was a, uh, it's a Life magazine article, about a 1972 robbery and hostage situation in a Chase Manhattan branch in Brooklyn. It also uh, got a bunch of nominations, six overall, uh, including director, actor, and supporting actor. Jaws is, um, I guess it's a thriller or, or a monster movie. I mean, we'll talk about it. It's, very, it's, it's interesting. It kind of includes a lot of genres, but it was Steven Spielberg's first really big movie, not his first theatrical movie, but the first of any note, based on a bestseller by Peter Benchley. And it stars Roy Scheider as a police chief who, with the help of a marine biologist played by Richard Dreyfus, and a uh, crusty old shark hunter played by the wonderful Robert Shaw. Uh, it's about them chasing a, a great white shark that's attacking beachgoers in a summer resort town. And it got four overall nominations, uh, including original score, sound, and film editing. Nashville is a, I guess, a, a musical comedy or satire directed by Robert Altman. And it basically follows, uh, I think it's like a five-day weekend or, or maybe just a three-day weekend of different people in the uh, country and music industry uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, during a, uh, a, a presidential campaign. And it's hard to explain it beyond that. Maybe we'll get into it, maybe we won't. But it's, uh, it's very wide-ranging and hard to pin down. But it did get five overall nominations, uh, including director, two supporting actress uh, nominations, and original song, which is uh, unusual. One Flow of the Cuckoo's Nest, which was the winner, um, is a like a psychological drama directed by Milos Forman. And it's based, again, on the best-selling book, One Flow of the Cuckoo's Nest by Ken Kesey. Uh, it stars Jack Nicholson as a new patient in a mental institution who kind of butts heads with the strict and stern nurse Louise Fletcher. Uh, I got nine overall nominations uh, besides picture, including director, actor, actress, adapted screenplay. And it was actually, at the time, the first movie that won all big four categories, director, picture, actor, and actress since uh, it happened one night in 1939. So it was a big deal at the time. I think that got repeated in 1991, but it's a, it's a rarity. So those are the nominees. The winner was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, Glennis. Yeah, Glennis, you're up. You picked this year. I'm just curious, uh, why'd you pick 1975? And, and, you know, once you viewed all the movies, who do you think should have won? 
or who's in the who's in contention? Okay, so I I did pick this year, and I as soon as I picked it, and then looked at all the nominees. I don't know why I picked it, but <laughs> it was, it was, I went, oh, no, why did, pick, I do that? <laughs> why did I do that for? Um, so, but I did pick it for a reason because of the movie I did end up picking is just one of my favorites. And I only realized that in the last 10 years. But um, ultimately, I thought this race just came down to three movies, which was um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, obviously, Dog Day Afternoon, and then Jaws. Nashville and Barry Lyndon, I have no idea why they even got nominated. Maybe everybody liked the directors at the time, but I thought they were both big, just big snooze fests. So, it, you know, immediately could eliminate those. And so as we were watching them, because as, as you know, we rewatched all these movies recently. Um, we first watched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I was like, oh no, this is, this is a good, um, this is really good movie. So uh, we we watched the movies in an order of what you thought was um, worst to best, which is obviously subjective. <laughs> so we started with Barry Lyndon. Except in this case, yeah. <laughs> Although yeah. you had seen all these movies before, so this was a rewatching for you. Yeah, but I was watching it with a like like a critical eye to see if if I didn't like a movie, maybe it still deserved to be the best picture. But anyways, go ahead, yeah. Gladys. Yeah, so uh, we started with Barry Lyndon, um, which was just a total snooze fast. I was like, is this a comedy? Is this a, what is happening in this? <laughs> Why is Ryan O'Neill in this? Um, just terrible and embarrassing and painful. And I think we had to watch it. Embarrassing. <laughs> we had to watch it over three, three or four nights. It was so boring. And um, so, no, that obviously was just like, why is this movie even here? Do we just like Kubrick so much? It's like, oh, let's, let's throw him in the running. Um, Nashville was not as horrible, but I'm not a, I'm also not a um, Robert Altman fan. So um, I'm probably never going to love one of his movies. I, it was interesting, but ultimately boring. And um, I did not care for the point he was trying to make, but um, and we can always talk further about that if you want. But um, so it came down to the three movies. It was, uh, Dog Day Afternoon, uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and Jaws. Uh, those are those are the three movies. And then when I rewatched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, I thought, Oh no, why did I pick this year? This is tough. Maybe this, maybe maybe I was wrong. Um, and also when I watched Dog Day Afternoon, I thought, well, this is just one of the greatest movies ever, too. Um, but ultimately, we we also rewatched Jaws, which I watch every year. And I decided that that was actually the movie that probably should have won. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Rob's looking okay. at me like, I, <laughs> I can't even believe. Sorry. With that interception, why? What, what, what did you think, Rob, of the, of the five? Controversy. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> you kind of caught me off guard there. I mean, <laughs> it was kind of leading into it when you said that you watch it every year. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, maybe she's going to go in that direction, but I'm not totally sure. But you did go in that direction, so that less my comment. But um, no, I mean, Jaws was a huge blockbuster hit. Jaws was a movie that is beloved by many. Um, is it art? Maybe. I guess all movies are art in some way. <laughs> but, you know, does it does it hit the criteria that Dylan talked about being influential, being beloved by all and, you know, being art? And um, I, I, I kind of look at movies that have to hit all three in order to win Best yeah. Picture. Or at I least, think what at you're least... saying is, Rob, 
you disagree with my choice. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> no, do. I, I that's do. exciting. <laughs> yeah, no, I do disagree. I just, I, 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 I agree with you on everything else. And that's why I was kind of so calmly sitting here saying, yep, yep, yeah, I, I, I agree with her because, you know, Barry Lyndon, oh my goodness. Um, that, that took me three nights to get through. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was a three and a half hour movie, I think thereabouts. And it was about two and a half hours too long. I, I think <laughs> it was slow. It was plotting. It was senseless. It was, it was about a man that we didn't care enough about to sit with him for three and a half hours. I think you mean Ryan O'Neill. No, I'm just kidding. Ryan O'Neill's <laughs> character, Barry Lyndon. Yes. Um, you know, the, the, there were, there were parts that kind of caught your interest. Uh, there's a, without a, spoiling it, there's a scene at the end that I thought was, was very well done. I mean, it was Stanley Kubrick of all. I mean, it's hard to believe it's the same guy who made Clockwork Orange, but uh it is and uh it, it's just it, it took a while to get through and in and, and my comment on that was that i don't know why this was nominated maybe it was overall a week here for for movies maybe it wasn't maybe something is out there that should have gotten nominated over it but that's kind of outside the scope of this show so i agreed with you on that and i agreed with you on nashville that nashville was very um quirky very robert altman like um it's a lot of people regard this as Altman's best film. So I, it doesn't surprise me that if we didn't like Nashville that much, we don't like Altman movies that much, but he, um, he threw, he throws everybody into the movie. You know, it's everybody in the kitchen sink kind of goes into this movie and it's about, about a very specific genre, 1975 country music. So unless you're into 1975 country music, I mean, if you are into 1975 country music, this is the movie for you. Um, you know, put it that way. But what so, can I just say what irritated me about that movie as I was watching yeah. it was that it might be about 1975 country music, but I got the sense that Robert Altman had nothing but disrespect for all of those people and and the genre itself like i think it was we're making fun of all of these people so that kind of just a, a, a full two hours or whatever it was of that just i found very grating too yeah it, yeah again characters we didn't care did you find yourself caring about the no, characters i wanted them no. all to die yeah neither one of you did <laughs> you wanted them all to die yeah. well that's a bit hard like, boy I, all of them die <laughs> no yeah. I, I did not like any of them i think altman was using country music as a metaphor for America, which is a country he he has always been on record saying he kind of loathes, um, mm. or at least disrespects. So it, it wasn't, I don't think, just making fun of country music. I think he was using country music as stand for America. That's why they had like the replacement party candidate and all this other nonsense. Um, so I, I think we never saw, by the way. I mean, this we never saw. Party. Very yeah. But anyways, go ahead, Rob. Yeah, no, I thought that was was an interest. It, it kind of reminded me of Jaws because without you know spoiling Jaws too much, we don't see the the shark until a certain point of the movie, and you never see this candidate in Nashville, the replacement party candidate, who you know it, I wouldn't say the movie's about him, but more or less he's like the centerpiece of the movie and why they're all gathering together in Nashville. But you know we needed to care about these characters, I think, a little bit more in order to enjoy the movie. Um, so I agreed with you on those two. One full of the cuckoo's nest. I didn't really get your take on that too much, did you? You said, "Oh no, 1975." I picked the wrong yeah, year. What so exactly did you mean? When that? I when I had to choose, in the end, it came down to I had to eliminate really good movies. Okay. And uh, when I watch One Full of the Cuckoo's Nest, I do think it's a great movie. Um, and I'm not saying it necessarily didn't deserve it, but with the with time looking back, um, 
and then sort of watching them again, I was sort of looking for which one created the most movie magic for me when I was mm. watching it. And so, and then uh, I would say there's one scene in One Form of the Cuckoo's Nest that just kind of, you know, flawed it for me a little bit, which is when they, they escape and they go out on a boat. And it's just, mm -hmm. um, it just feels like a silly thing. Dylan and I had talked about it when we watched it. It just feels like a kind of a goofy, silly thing that doesn't really fit into the whole movie, um, which I think yep. was added from, it wasn't in the book. I think it was added. But can you have a jail movie without a, a potential escape? You know what I mean? It's like, can you have a pregnant woman in a movie without a birthing scene? You know what I mean? Right. I wish. Right. <laughs> so, so what really, the way I eliminated One Over the Cuckoo's Nest was ultimately looking at if, if there are any flaws in it that, you know, I think because those are really three really great movies, nearly perfect movies. Um, and uh, ultimately that boat scene just kind of did it for me where I was like, eh, I don't know. It's kind of, it took me out of the whole tension of the movie and I don't There's know. Jack Nicholson it, out in the wild. I yeah, mean, but it was, it was this ultra realistic movie of really like mentally ill people. And then we, they all get in a boat, they go somewhere. I was like, listen, I've worked with mentally ill people. There's any chance of this guy heading this up and something not going disastrously wrong. Like <laughs> he is not equipped to deal with all of these people. And I know that's kind of a stupid way to analyze, but it's more like, Oh, did I start thinking about that in the movie? Did it take me out of the movie a little bit? And it did. So, um, but I still think it's, it's a fantastic movie. Really good. Everybody should see it still. Um, and, uh, but I think about, like, I saw that movie years ago and I thought, like, I haven't really thought about it much since then, other than the only scene I could always remember and always see was like the chief throwing the, the thing through the window and then running off. And that, oh, the sink. that yes, the, the sink, sink yeah. yes, the thing, that's yeah. my technical name for everything, but, um, the sink through the window and he's running off and I, oh, that image was always burned in my brain. I could not remember what happened. So that movie didn't really stick with me over the years. And I, I never read the book. I always tried, but I never, I never could never quite start it because I knew how it ended. Um, and then Dog Day Afternoon, which is also an amazing movie, but completely amazing and hinged on Al Pacino's performance. So I think if you put anybody else in there, obviously it's not as good. Um, but well, it, he's Al Pacino. I mean, all movies are kind of hinged on his performance. Yes, but well, his sometimes. performance isn't always yeah. great, in my yeah. opinion. Um, okay. there's some Al Pacino stinkers out there. Um, but <laughs> I, I did think it was a great movie. Um, but when, and, and, and everybody's good at it and it is, it, it's, it's a serious movie, but it's also like a fun movie. Um, but again, just the, the joy of watching that movie was watching what little tiny faces was Al Pacino making just to convey the smallest emotion. And mm -hmm. I really got caught up in like, what's Al Pacino doing the whole time? Which is, I mean, that he is the main character, so that is important. Um, and it was a great movie. I would not say it was a, a bad movie in any way. It's an amazing movie. And then we watched Jaws, and I was like, how am I going to feel about this after seeing those two movies? And I would say that I've seen Jaws probably, I don't know, 20 times, 30 times in my life. I have no idea. I watched it when I was a kid on TV. And maybe at some point in my life, I might have regarded it as schlock. But as I was watching it, and we own it, actually, because I watch it every year, um, it it's got like the kind of movie magic. I think it like has the movie magic that makes you want to watch something over and over again. And every time I watch it, I'm excited and I know what's going to happen, but I'm still like, you know, what's going to happen. It's Spielberg being Spielberg. And, um, you know, they have this stupid mechanical fish that we know they had a ton of problems with on set. 
and you still make me believe that there's this big fish out there that's going to eat you. Um, you. They made me believe, right, that, that this was a threat. So that, and I'm excited. Every time I watch it, I'm so excited. Um, and I don't get that way with a lot of movies, like that I'm excited to watch it over and over again. So I never, you know, it kind of defines like the summer blockbuster. It was the first summer blockbuster. Um, and uh, people watch it over and over again. It's basic cultural literacy. And uh, I just think maybe that was probably the movie that ultimately should have won. Um, so you I, thought the, the, the shark looked real to you? No, no. What I'm saying is the shark looks stupid. But oh, the shark looks stupid. Okay. You still made me, they still made me believe that the shark was a threat. Oh, right? Okay. Um, and then they had all the underwater scene with the actual sharks. And I thought those were great cutting those in. And I think the acting is really good. Like they're even doing that kind of Altman-esque thing of like people are talking over each other and it does seem ultra, ultra realistic. And I don't think the acting is bad. I think it's really good. Um, so, and then you've got Robert Shaw doing his weird thing on the boat about, you know, talking about being eaten by, by sharks or being threatened um, by sharks when he was in the war and I just think I, I don't know I think the whole thing is great all the performance is good really good it just makes me want to watch I could watch it again right now and be excited well that's why I, yeah, I mean I, I have to agree it is the first um movie of its kind that was well first movie that was shot in the ocean there was a lot of firsts with this movie um a lot of the scenes were shot on the um on the ocean but it was um it was revolutionary revolutionary in the fact that it was a big blockbuster favorite type of movie that also got nominated for an Oscar. And there aren't that many movies. I mean, nowadays, if you go see the big blockbusters in the summer, you know, Jaws probably would have been released in the summer. And, and you know, who knows? You think nowadays it would have been nominated for Best Picture? And it, it all depends. I, I don't no. think it would have been nominated. I don't think so either. Nowadays. I think the last fun movie that was nominated and won was Gladiator. Not Moonlight? Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's for another yeah. podcast. We know your feelings on that. That is that is a good subject for a podcast. Big budget, big 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 nominees that were uh that were made a lot of money and also, you know, maybe Barbie this year and we're not really talking about, you know, twenty twenty three, but that was a movie that could get nominated for Best Picture that um, you know, a lot of people went and saw. I think we are gonna talk about that movie. though. We, we are, are gonna, gonna talk, talk about, about it. That. Well that was the original Next. plan for expanding the nominees. It was actually specifically because so many people thought Dark Knight Returns should have got nominated. Yeah, and Jaws, Jaws did this before they expanded that category, so you have to hand it to it. Um, so wait, I are you both that. picking Jaws? I'm not picking Jaws. Um, I, I Actually, it's funny because the first time I saw these movies, I would have had Jaws in third place, and after rewatching them, I have it moving up into second place. Oh, oh that's something. Yeah, Dog Day Afternoon, which you uh, alluded to quite a bit, it didn't really hold up for me as much as I thought it would. To me, it seemed very dated, very 1975. Um, you know, it, it it could use an update. I, that's one of these movies that I think, I don't know who would play Pacino's role, but it, it seems like a movie that could get updated and could... Um, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac, okay, yeah, fit into more, <clears throat> excuse me, modern times. But it was... Um, you know, some of the scenes were, were a little bit laughable when Pacino's outside the bank and here he is robbing the bank and the, the crowd is all cheering for him and he's become this hero to the to the masses, to the common man, so to speak. 
And uh, he's he's kind of marching up and down the sidewalk, and one guy comes and tackles him, but everyone wants to protect him, and you know because Sal his um, his cohort is inside, and he's he may shoot people, so you have to be nice to me. It just I mean I know it's based upon a true story, but you know and then you see the the old cars driving by the nineteen seventy five cars, and it just um, it need it needs a refresher, it needs a bit of an update, so that kind of dropped down from second to to third i hope they never remake that movie ever i think it's Why? perfect as it is because i think it's already a perfect movie like who who is the poor sap that's gonna have to follow al pacino's performance like just mm. that's just unfair well right? i think 50 years later no one will, will remember this well movie. that's true so i think and i think they would change it to to update the dynamics to to, to your point rob I, I think the idea was in the mid-70s in new york city especially trust in public institutions had eroded so badly that someone like the bank robber would be a hero because the, the populace in Brooklyn distrusted the police. They didn't like banks. I think that's a hard part of the movie that besides the performances, if you're not rooting for Sonny, the Al Pacino character, it, the whole movie kind of falls apart, which I think was to your point, because it seemed like you were not very sympathetic to his character, if I'm understanding correctly. No, I mean, it took it took place in 1972. You're coming off of Vietnam. And, you know, I can see all the, the distrust in, in the different... Um, you know the people we should trust but you know you you have to look at some of the comments that they made like um guy from the crowd tackles sunny and moretti says well you know how the spanish are like they're crazy you know and it it makes you kind of like say like well that's that's an interesting comment and there's like some homosexuality in it as well which is treated as really like you know i guess it would be in 1972 like a a sin so to speak there's there's just some things that kind of don't work or don't hold up these days right um you know and it just it just seems a little cartoonish to me at some point at some points so i just i i I loved it i think i still think it was a great movie despite all the criticism i just gave of it but i i drop it to number three and i move jaws up to number two which would make you happy Mm. but 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 which means yeah it sounds of it your ultimate pick is don't don't change anything don't change anything cuckoo's nest i mean it, it fits all the criteria it's extremely influential it's 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 Based on what were you saying, Bill Dylan is based on a, a, a play on a. It, it's technically a, based on a play, uh, and I'll give more details later. But that was based on the book. So the book was a bestseller, but but the movie itself is based on the play that ran on Broadway with uh, Kirk Douglas in the like late '60s or something like that. Oh, okay. Which is so why it has that feel. Yeah, and it's just become part of our jargon these days like oh you belong in cuckoo's nest you know that that kind of thing where they just um they 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 can quote the movie they can quote the title of the movie it's influential um other movies have tried to be cuckoo's nest and failed um it's a it's a beloved movie it was it did very well at the box office and it's so it's a work of art i mean it hits all the criteria um to me, it was the most enjoyable movie. It was the most well-acted movie. Jack Nicholson is an amazing presence in everything that he's he's done. And, you know, this movie is no exception. And you, you, you just feel like you're living with these characters. You're, you're, you're right in there in the insane asylum with them. I mean, sitting next to Danny DeVito, listening to, um, listening to Nicholson at the, <laughs> at, at the gatherings that they have to tie the, the group sessions, I should say, that they have. Uh, Danny DeVito just cracked me up. Just, I, I just yeah. my, my eyes just went to him. Like, he should have got he nominated. Like, he, <laughs> he, really he wasn't didn't even say anything. Yeah, it's just the way. Here, here's my face. Face. Classic. Who, who knew Danny just, DeVito? Classic mayhem. Who knew Danny yeah. DeVito had that performance in him? 
anyone yeah, that watched Taxi for five years, that's who. Yeah, that's I know. That's Nothing true. like his character in Taxi. That's <laughs> yeah. Not oh, boy. But yeah, I would go with Cuckoo's Nest. I think they made the right choice. And uh, I'm glad. Um, like I said, I, I can see what you're saying about Jaws, but Cuckoo's Nest would be my choice. Well, we're going to take a pause here, folks, and uh, have a word from our sponsors, Highland CPA. Bookkeeping, accounting, business tax, personal tax. Sounds exciting. Well, at Highland CPA, they are excited to do all of that, so you won't have to. Let me ask Glennis, who does your personal tax returns, if I might ask? Why, it's Highland CPA. Well, there you go. With 32 years of experience in 28 states, Highland CPA is ready to prepare your tax return or do your business's books for you. Highland CPA for all of your accounting and tax needs at highlandcpa.com. I think they both hold up today. I think a 15-year-old could see either movie, I hope. And maybe maybe for Jaws, they wouldn't be impressed with the lack of special effects. But I I would think they would get the story and, and, and the characters. I think One Flew Over Kuznets, the same thing. I think because it's a play, it lends itself to universal, universality that can be translated for generations, I would hope. And I think you're both right. They, they both are influential artistically and in the popular culture. They both have great performances. Um, they were both popular at the box office. They're um, both critically acclaimed. Of course, Jaws is more popular and One Flew Over Kuznets is more critically acclaimed, but they both shared in, in plaudits and they both shared in uh, earnings. Um, I, I, I think by just a hair, I would go with Jaws. Really? Here's why. Oh, sorry, I said that again. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is, this friendship. It just over. comes out of me. I'm just thinking of it right now as, as I'm Who saying. Who are you it. people? Uh, <laughs> I, I only, so I think, I think one flew cuckoo's nest and I agree with the boat scene that does take you out of it slightly. I haven't read what that's about. My feeling is they probably told Foreman, can you make it more cinematic? And okay, we'll have this. I don't know. It is a bit jarring, but but I can leave that aside. I can take that out. And it's still, it's, the movie really flows and it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think without Nicholson, the movie doesn't work. And by that, I mean, every movie hinges on performances, right? But Jaws, who had three wonderful actors um, and underrated, Roy Scheid and Robert Shaw were always underrated. Mm-hmm. That can work with three other actors. It really can. They would have to develop a chemistry and everything, but I think that could work. And I don't know who at, off the top of my head from that 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 time frame. Not Ryan O'Neill, but um, <laughs> with with Kugel's Nest, it deservingly made Nicholson a household name. He was a star before, but this made him like, oh, everyone knows who he is. I I think say you switch, say you put Al Pacino in that role, one flew a cuckoo's nest. It changes the movie. It could be a better movie. I don't know. But it changes the dynamic of the movie in a way that it's a different movie. And we're putting Kirk Douglas in because that'd be kind of funny. I think. Well, that's that's a little. <laughs> yeah, it's a little little tidbit. So Kirk Douglas originated the role on Broadway and, and got a lot of laurels and plaudits. And it took forever for the book to be bought um, by Hollywood executives. But one of the buyers was Michael Douglas, Kirk Douglas's son. And Kirk Doug's like, this is great. My son owns the property. I started on Broadway. I'm going to be the star of this. By the time they got around to making the film, Michael Douglas had to tell his father, Kirk Douglas, like, actually, Dad, you're too old now. Oh, <laughs> we have to get a younger actor. It's like, sorry. Um, and they got Nicholson, who was, who was fantastic. And for those of you out there who think Jack Nicholson is only The Shining, this is a little bit where it started. But at the time, he wasn't mugging like he was. That was for the performance of One for the Cuckoo's Nest, he was very original and he had to do a lot of different shades and a lot of different emotions and things with his eyes. 
and things with his, his hands. So it may seem like a real hammy Jack Nicholson performance, but, but in context of what had led up to it, it was actually like a showcase for all his skills and all his talents. But that's part of the problem. I, I think the movie really rests on him, where if you take him out, the movie itself doesn't work. I think also when we're talking about Dog Day Afternoon and, and to fully enjoy, I think you do have to lean a little bit towards the sensibilities that are being presented. Sensibilities I may agree with, in fact, with One Flew Cuckoo's, I mean, Glenn has talked about this a little bit, the anti-authoritarian stance, which I am totally down for. Nicholson's the hero as far as I'm concerned. If you don't buy that, it may be a little hard to sympathize with someone who breaks the rules, that someone comes and disrupts what seems like a perfectly harmonious environment. I, I thought like, great, those guys need to be shaken up. And I think that's great. They're in a fascist system. But see how I'm saying that. I have to kind of leave those things. I think to fully appreciate what Nicholson is doing. And I think also the movie ultimately is a fable which is kind of why it works. Like Glenn, it's when you're saying like the boat trip is unrealistic. Like, no, of course it was. But in some ways, the whole movie is unrealistic in a sense. It's a fable where this kind of Christ-like figure shows up to free people and he kind of dies for their sins. But, but one of the apostles gets out and is saved by him and is going to spread his message. I love all that. Like, I, I really enjoyed that part of it. But I think that's where you can contrast with Jaws where the shark is stupid and again, the actors are great, but they're not Jack Nicholson, Al Pacino. But it's a pure movie. It's a pure cinematic movie. There's no allegory. The shark doesn't represent capitalism or communism. You don't need a point of view that like, well, gee whiz, you know, the mayor shouldn't be so, uh, so money grubbing or money. It's like, it's a pure story. It's Moby Dick, essentially, right? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Quint is, is uh, Ahab, you know? And they're going after the white whale and against, you know, it, it becomes against all odds, but then it becomes madness. It becomes insane where Quint's like destroying the radio and they're going to do this at all costs. It, it, it transcends being a monster movie. And I think it transcends being an action movie. The shark was, was a, you know, um, was like a rubber contraption. And the reason they didn't show it till halfway through was like not because of a cinematic choice like like you said rob with altman not showing the presidential candidate it was because right. they couldn't get it ready and it's like we got a film so just don't show it and we'll figure it out later it turns out that was also true for nashville they they had a big rubber candidate and they couldn't get it ready and they just decided yeah to and, and then altman couldn't get the script ready which is every movie <laughs> um Jeez. but i so i think while both these are excellent and have their merits i think i would choose jaws by a hair because i think it is more in the popular culture. Everyone knows that da 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 dun 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 dun. Everyone knows that means an ominous warning that it's dread. I think. Um, but there's also you that that is a good point. There's also this amazing soundtrack that as you're watching it, it's like doo -doo -doo, you know, it's this yeah that, that did win. We oh well, well the original score yeah. yeah yeah and um, uh, I mean that was just one part of it. That's not really what you think of when you think of Jaws, but it also had all these great. Um, you know, critical elements, I think, that people would normally say, like, oh, this is a critical darling. And I, I think probably my guess is that it, it didn't get quite as much critical acclaim um, simply because maybe people, the people who are the critics see it as, oh, it's kind of fun. Well, not exactly. That was the thing, okay. though. Like Rob was saying, it was a blockbuster that got nominated. That's rare. That yeah. was the thing. It got a lot of critical acclaim. It took everyone by surprise. And critics are saying, oh, this is actually really good. We thought it was going to be a stupid monster movie by this kid from who does TV, you know, Spielberg had done like Alfred Hitchcock presents and, and stuff like that. 
No, that's the thing. It did get a, a fair amount of critical acclaim. It got, I forget what it was, four or five nominations, including director. Um, and I think people did start to recognize that, you know, it wasn't just a movie that made people scared of the water, which is another thing to consider. It really had an actual influence on reality where people were scared of the water. That is and, true. And me and Rob, me and you grew up near the ocean and we went swimming. Yep. We knew there were sharks there. But you know as well as I do, if you said this on why don't you go in the ocean, they would always say sharks. Of course. And it's like, yeah. well, there's no it's Massachusetts. Like there's it sharks. Started with Jaws. It started yeah. with Jaws. So it's interesting the movie actually had real life influence, not just in movies being a mm-hmm. blockbuster and setting Spielberg on it, but actually had a an influence like in real life, which is pretty rare. I I I probably couldn't count on more than one hand. So I think beyond the artistic merit and beyond the influence, um, I think also it's just a wonderfully crafted movie made under so many bad circumstances. Robert Shaw was drunk every day on set. Uh-huh. They were up Spielberg's ass. Like, why are you filming on the ocean? Like you said, Rob, is the first movie really filmed mostly in the ocean. You can always see where the, the, the sound stage is. You can always tell it's not the ocean. But there's not that many shots. And they gave Spielberg a bunch of shit about that. Like, you're going over budget, kid. Like, why are you filming on the ocean? You know, that's ridiculous. Yeah. So I, I think it works on every level. Now, one may not like the movie, um, although it seems impossible. But one may not enjoy the movie, and that's fine. But, but I think objectively, I, I think it works on every level. In a way that one full of cuckoosness, which I think comes very close. I love that movie, and I believe in the sentiment. Um, I'm totally, I'm totally Team McMurphy. I love that shit. <laughs> I, I just think Jaws by a hair maybe beats it. But now that I've said all that, what are your, what are some rebuttals? Well, I, mostly you know, for you, Rob. No, I mean we simply need John Williams to do the music for Cuckoo's Nest, and we're all set. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, you mean Nicholson shows like? Oh no, I guess when Nurse Ratchet shows like da 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 da. Like oh shit. You know, you have a good point though about Team McMurphy. That was his name, right? McMur- yeah. Yeah, McMurphy. About Team McMurphy. It, it, I found myself being, maybe this is now that I'm an adult, I was sort of looking at it and saying, ah, you know, I am not, um, I, I am not Team McMurphy. He's really irritating me. <laughs> this nurse has got something good going here. She's got everything running ship shape. I'm like, ah, I shouldn't be, uh, I should not be uh, cheering for Nurse Ratchet, which maybe, <laughs> which maybe says something about me. I don't know. Make your own guess, but um, you're not Team Martini. I would have thought I, that. I was, uh, I was 100% Team Martini. I was like, he's just there. He wants to make his bet, you know. Um, no, I, I just found myself a little irritated. Maybe that's just you know, this many years later, like the the responsible adult and me saying, oh God, this guy coming in and just. He's just there for his own self-serving purposes. Like he doesn't want to spend any more time in jail. So he wants to, you know, he thinks it's going to be easier to spend time in a mental hospital. And uh, he's just coming in and fucking everything up. And I, just for a brief moment, not to, not to, at the end I was won over, but you know, he, he's been shown to be a human person. But in the end, at, at the beginning, I was like, oh, ah, that guy's really irritating me. Um, but, you know, again, these are minor quibbles that when it came down to like, it really felt like splitting hairs to try and figure out who I really felt should be the winner. So um, mm. no shade to Cuckoo's Nest. So maybe maybe another category for rewatchability, um, and as silly as that sounds, do you want to rewatch Jaws or do you want to rewatch Cuckoo's Nest? You know, I never I, want to I, watch I, Cuckoo's Nest again, I'll tell you that. Yeah, see, I feel, I feel the opposite. I feel like I've seen all that I can see with Jaws, and I'd love to like really listen to their words and and their man, watch their mannerisms and their hand gestures and things like that, that were in Cuckoo's Nest. I'd like to see that all again, if I had to rewatch one of these movies. 
So, I mean, that that's something. I mean, there's, an, there's, there's also some great movies that are out there, like uh, 12 Years a Slave, one of the greatest movies of that particular year that came out. You know, it's a, so there there aren't, you know, would we want to rewatch Barry Lyndon? Like, never never again. You know, I've seen it. No, I didn't even want to watch it the first I, time. I've seen it twice. I'd like to unsee oh. it. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, rewatchability is a, is, a, is a major factor, and I can see that, you know, you would want to see Jaws again and again, and I would want to see Cuckoo's Nest again and again. And so that's where we differ, and that's, uh, you know. But I, I think Cuckoo's Nest has had as much of an impact on society, well, almost as, as much as Jaws has, but that's just me. No, I think you're right. I think people, well, I guess I'd have to, well, Rob, you have kids. You would you would be a better judge of this. I, I know growing up, if someone said she's like Nurse Ratchet, we all knew what that meant. Of course. Um, so, if, I mean, at least for our generation, it was like, oh, yeah, we, we know. And like you said, one flow of cookies is like, oh, yeah, they're crazy. Like, we know what that means. And I even remember, remember, well, you may not know this, Glass, but Rob, you know, what was Robert Parrish's nickname? Chief. And why was it Chief? As of the character in Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. So Glenn, as a Hall of Fame basketball player for the Celtics, Robert Parrish, big and tall, he never said anything. And he kind of acted like Chief in One Flow of the Cuckoo's Nest. So one of his teammates called him Chief. Now, these are these are like, you know, African-American basketball players. And yet they had probably seen the movie and loved it. So his nickname was Chief ever since. It's probably on his Hall of Fame like bio, Chief Robert Parrish. He embraced it. Yeah, it was Cedric Maxwell who named him that. It's it's. Max was stuck right away. Yeah, so it's like someone who was tall and didn't say anything. It was like, oh, you're chief. So I think I I agree with you, Rob. I do think there was cultural influence from that. Absolutely, I mean, it's a yeah. tough call. Well, like you said, we are all of our decisions are by our hair. You know what I mean? So yeah, um, I really I really went with my gut, and, and and I don't necessarily think the movie that should win is the one I want to watch over and over again. So rewatchability is not my number one okay. criteria, but. When I watched it, I was like, actually, this is a piece of art. I think this is great. The performances are great. The The scenes on the water are great. The scenes in the town are, uh, you know, I love the mayor who's just kind of like panicking about like, listen, it's a summer town. You can't shut this down, you know. Um, I, there's just a lot of drama. There's like a kid who dies. Oh, spoiler alert. Listen, if you haven't seen Jaws by now, that's unforgivable. So yeah, spoiler um, alert: like we beat the <laughs> Japanese in World War II. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly. Um, but you know, I just think again the excitement that I feel when I am, have made a decision for the week to watch Jaws again is okay. palpable. And I, I, um, yeah, I think that that edge put it over the edge for me. Jaws also had a better ensemble cast, I would say, than some of these other movies. I mean, Nashville was an ensemble, but um, you, you look at like you know Barry Lyndon was Ryan O'Neill, and Dog Day Afternoon was Al Pacino, and uh, Cuckoo's Nest was very much Jack Nicholson. You had kind of three of them, you know, plus throwing the mayor, you know, and and it was a better, it was a nice ensemble cast they had in Jaws too, which spreads it out a little bit. Don't forget Lorraine Gary; she was great as the wife. Ah, no, he's scary. just playing with the boat. Then she sees the the picture of the boat being back by. She's like, "Michael, get out of that boat! You heard your father." <laughs> Where is she now? Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, you bring a good point with the ensemble. You know, some like Jaws. I would even argue One Flew of Cuckoo's Nest because uh, Louise Fletcher was great. Brad Dorf, who got an uh, Oscar nomination as Billy Babbitt, was great. All the other guys, uh, Chesterfield, and all that, they were great. And I think that because you you know. The, it's a matter of taste, but I feel, you know, some like one flow of cuckoo's nest is an omelet, right. Of different ingredients. Robert Altman is like, just like 12 dozen eggs, like fucking broken on the floor. Like, Oh, there's a bunch of things going on, but none of it goes together. 
And I think that's a big problem with the Altman film, Nashville. It did not have the ensemble that, say, Jaws had and One Flew a Cuckoo's Nest had. And Glenn, right. as you say, there were scenes in Jaws where they're talking over each other, but it's organic to what's going on in the scene. With Robert Altman, that's his whole style. Yeah, I feel like he's trying to hit me over the head with how how clever he is. Yeah, and movie directors love Altman, I think, for technical reasons. Uh, like Paul Thomas Anderson, whom I adore, even I, I don't like all his movies, he like loves Robert Altman. And um, he I can see the influence in it, but um, I think Hollywood likes Robert Altman more than filmgoers do. I think the reason Barry Lyndon got nominated was it was a lot of technical advances, what Kubrick was doing with candle. Like no one had ever filmed by candlelight before. And he had ordered lenses from like NASA that he had used on 2001. And he used that to great effect in filming the candlelight scenes or some of the film and no one's going to be able to see me. But if you can imagine, you know, some of the shots where it's the cameras pulled so far out, but you can still see details like a painting I think that's a lot of the reason Barry Lyndon got nominated was because artistically and technically it was a tour de force. Any particular scene you freeze frame it, that's like a painting, one particular Mm -hmm. scene. But then that's not what a movie is, right? A movie is that scene going on forever, you know, (laughs) with Ryan O'Neill. Sorry you died, but you're a shitty actor. (laughs) We we talked so much shit about Ryan O'Neill that week after we watched it. And then he died. I felt a little bit responsible. I was like, oh. And then for Dog Day Afternoon, a a pretty good ensemble. I'd forgotten Charles Journey was in it, who was great. Yes, yes. And Chris Sarandon in that brief scene got nominated for an Oscar uh, because, you know, at that time, uh, homosexuals had been played as either very queeny and flamboyant and fun or very tortured, like, oh, I'm going to hang myself if someone finds out. That was the first time a gay character had kind of been portrayed more or less realistically. He's like, yeah, I'm gay. I want to be a woman. I thought it was ahead of its time with that, actually. And, and, and people are sort of cheering on this guy. And they know, and I was watching, I think, a clip from the movie again. They're like, and the known homosexual. And it's like. Yeah. It's always yeah. known homosexual, like the degenerate known homosexual. gambler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I was, I was watching clips. And a, one of the things I found was a, a scene-to-scene comparison of, like, the real news footage of, um, of John which I can't say his last name. Sonny. <laughs> right. And Al Pacino is that character. And they're, wow. they're doing a pretty good, like scene to scene. Um, like they really got it right. What was going on outside the bank with this guy, like, you know, he's pointing and getting the crowds going. And yeah, yeah it was kind of interesting. And um, yeah, I guess I, I felt the opposite. I mean, honestly, I almost picked it. I almost picked it. And then every time I see a new movie, I go, oh no, this is the movie. So it was a real problem for me this time. I don't know if it's just the movie I saw last benefited, but I was so excited when I saw Jaws again. And it just, it, it just brings up that thrill in me. And I thought, no, nah, that's the movie for me. So, well, that's another reason Dog Day Afternoon has its merits. It was also the first movie, I mean, not the exact first movie, but the first popular, you know, movie with a big star that was sympathetic to the criminal. So, you know, before that, of course, uh, the gangster or the criminal is either a tragic hero like James Cagney back in the 30s or something, or kind of a, 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 you know, a guy in the margins who's just making ends meet. And then for a while, there's a trend of, of cops being anti-heroes like Dirty Harry and the French Connection. But I think historically, Dog Day Afternoon, one of the merits was it was, a, it was the first time in a big movie with a big star 
that was, oh, the criminal is the hero. There is no doubt about this. That is who you should be rooting for as a film goer. That's who the crowd is rooting for. So again, whether you agree with that or not is a different story. Uh, but I think that's also a reason it got nominated. So I'm just kind of backtracking those three movies. Like I can see why they got nominated in context at the time, because I think those are the merits that the voters were looking at that, you know, it can't just all be blockbusters like Jaws and it can't all be critical darlings like One for the Cuckoo says. I think they were trying to show that these other movies have merit for those reasons, even though I will never see Barry Lyndon again. I'll never see Nashville again. But I think I think I understand the reasoning behind those things being nominated, you know, even though I, I thought they were boring. Well, it picks up a point of um, originality and also, um, you know, some I would say something that's unique to one of the movies was Barry Lyndon and the fact that it's the only one that had a narrator. And uh, it's also, you know, brought you also bring up the fact that you try hard to like this character. Did you ever feel that you, number one, did you ever feel that you felt sympathetic towards this character or, you know, enjoyed his company in your living room? And number two, what do you think of the use of the narrator? Wait, are you asking me and Glennis? Or yes, well, you, why don't yes. you go first, Glennis? What do you what do you think about those two questions? I thought the the use of the narrator, and I often think this. It just depends on how well they do it. I think it was just really lazy. Um, I think they're just using mm. the narrator to fill in stuff that uh, we want you to feel this way. So let us tell you how you should feel about this right now. Totally or, agree. Yeah, they're just instead of just putting it into the movie, like I should, you know, that's that's a harder thing to do. You're just telling me, and I thought it was lazy, and I I thought it you know, probably was necessary because Ryan O'Neill is such a terrible actor. Um, <laughs> um, sorry to anybody who disagrees. I mean, but not really. He's a terrible actor. And uh, I, I thought the narrative, the narration was sometimes I don't mind it, but um, like I always like it in um, like a Scorsese movie. I might like it in Goodfellas. I think the narration is great. Um, but it's also the character narrating it a little bit, but yeah, I know in Barry Lyndon, I thought it was like, probably necessary to save the movie in a way, but mm. I agree with you though, Dylan, and like every scene is stunning and looks like a painting, but, but ultimately makes a very boring movie. So, um, yeah, that was the one question you asked. What was the other thing you said, Rob? Narration and... Did you care for the character? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the character's just a, a lout and not making... It, it, the trick of a good actor would be to make that character lovable, I think, and... Right. Right. Yeah, like like in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, even though Jack Nicholson's character irritated me at first, like he won me over. And it's an unlikable kind of ne'er do well, and you're making me like him and root for him. And in Barry Lyndon, it's like you're not even that ne'er do well, but I still dislike you intensely. So again, the acting really, I think, just ruined that movie. One of the many things that probably ruined that movie, the script isn't that good either, probably. And it's just kind of a boring thing. But uh, yeah, the, the act. The character is not likable at all. Well, um, I think with the narration, what I had read was Kubrick originally wanted to have Barry Lyndon narrate because that's how the I've never read the book. I've never read Thackeray. But I guess in the book, Barry Lyndon is narrating and he's an unreliable narrator. So he's telling all these stories. But as as I, I am told, you read the book, you realize he's he's lying. He's full of shit. And I think Kubrick toyed with the idea of having Barry Lyndon do the voiceover but then he said it wouldn't work because you could actually see what's happening so it wouldn't make sense so for whatever reason he kept the narration and i i agree i think it's almost always lazy and honestly i think scorsese most of the time it's 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 terrible i think in casino the voiceover is distracting in goodfellas it worked because and this is why scorsese is i think 
a better director than a Kubrick or an Altman, frankly. He used it in a way that did undercut what you were seeing, which is very tricky. Henry Hill is saying things, but you see what he's doing. And it's actually funny. Do you know what I mean? Um, like I always, all my life, I always wanted to be a gangster. It just, it really undercuts what he's, what he's doing. So it works, but I, I agree with you guys. I think mostly it's just lazy storytelling. As for the character, Rob, I, I, yeah, I, I, I think a better actor and it's unbelievable to think Ryan O'Neill was an actual star star in the seventies. My goodness. Um, there's so much uh, cocaine back then. Tell us how you feel about him. Land of Goshen. <laughs> I mean, he's probably fun to go out drinking with and chasing women and say, he's probably a fun guy, but it's like, good Lord. Um, he had his struggles. I think he, he had, had the weakness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had the weakness. Um, <laughs> in, uh, yeah, with McMurphy, he shows up and he's obviously at best a cad who's trying to game the system. And he obviously doesn't give a shit about anybody else. But you see through the movie, he starts to care about those those inmates. And what he's doing, he bonds with them. He actually feels protective of them. And he he sacrifices himself for Billy Babbitt in the end. Like he dies, essentially, right? He gets his brains cut out because he really cares about Babbitt and his anger is genuine against Ratchet because of what she kind of did to Babbitt. So you do see the McMurphy character grow from, again, let's be generous, a rascal, even though you know he's a statutory rapist, but a rascal. And then you see he actually becomes fully human, cares about other people, maybe to his own surprise, I think. I think he fully intended to escape at the end. And he could have at the end. He still could have, but he chose not to. I think with the Barry Lyndon character, he's always kind of a, a ne'er-do-well from start to finish. He's always selfish from start to finish. And he only cares about himself from start to finish. I mean, yeah, he cares about his kid died, but that's just, that's, that's just humanity. Um, and maybe... And again, I don't know who it would have been back then, but but I don't know. Imagine a Sean Penn or a Christian Bale in that role. Maybe that person could make this character sympathetic and do things where you're like, I don't know, I'm kind of seeing his point of view or it just was flawed from the beginning once he got cast. So I think we, we could kind of wrap it up. Um, we did not have a consensus, which is fine. Um, we did have a majority which is interesting. I really, you know, after we watched these, Dylan, I did not think you were going to pick Jaws. So I was surprised. I think we both just went with our guts. Um, like, which one pleases us more kind of thing. But um, yeah, I think made some good arguments here. And uh, yeah, so the Academy should include us in the voting, obviously. Well, the Academy agreed with me. I just want to know, so. Yeah. <laughs> No, Rob picked it right. They agree with Rob. He's a member. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. We're, we're like independent film awards nonsense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You also have Jaws 2 and Jaws 3D to think about, and it's lasting. We should never think about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, you, got, you might got it's me. It's a low blow one. to the Jaws people. It is yeah. a good point, though, that it did spawn a fairly terrible um, franchise. Mm-hmm. Although I do love Jaws 2. <laughs> As well, not quite as much. But. This is interesting, yeah. though. It actually spawned a really shitty genre, which is still with us. The 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 nature attacks human. It did become like a whole subgenre of like just the crappiest movies I would stupidly see when I was a kid, thinking this is going to be like Jaws. Like it's not going. It's not like Jaws at all. Yeah, unfortunately, nothing nothing ended up like Jaws, and even even the subsequent sequels did not. Yeah. So maybe that should be a point against Jaws, <laughs> that you start all this crappy on, movies. Made a lot of money for people. <laughs> you, you never saw two flew over the cuckoo's nest. So. Right, yeah. Like the chief gets a job somewhere else and chief, right. yeah. he works for Juicy Fruit. And wrapping it up, Dylan, what's our what's the next year that we're going to do? And what should people watch? Um, 
So next podcast, we will uh, break down 2023's nominees and who we think should have won. The nominees are American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. If you haven't seen those movies, we highly encourage you to watch them and uh, play along. And thanks Uh, for listening, all three of you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're listening right now, but there's there's three three of us, so there's six total. So, Um, okay. Based on what you've seen so far, I want to ask each one of you who you think, who you're going to predict is the winner for the 2023s. 23 who yeah. are predicting not who we're who we think should win who we think is, is going to win yeah who you think is going to win Rob? Oh, Oppenheimer, Rob? Oppenheimer is going to win okay and if you had a choice of who would win who do you who would you want to win and I know you no, haven't no, seen you, no. there's one you haven't seen but there's two I haven't seen oh, okay. uh, yeah I have to go to the theaters I haven't seen poor things and I haven't seen zone of interest oh okay yeah who, who would I want I really I don't know. I, I, I haven't, I have to think, I have to do some more thinking. Okay. But you don't get time to think. So just tell me who you would want to win like right now, based on who you've seen. The one I enjoyed the most was uh, American fiction. Okay. So yeah. maybe that one. Okay. Don't worry. It's not binding, but Dylan, who would you, yeah. who do you, who would you think is going to win? Well, first of all, it's going to be Oppenheimer and Christopher Nolan's going to win best director. Okay. Oh, and yeah. who do you, who would you want to win? Barbie. Okay. Really? Yeah. We will talk about the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this just comes out of me. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I, I would agree. I think Oppenheimer is going to win, and I wish the i i want I wish Barbie would win. Wow. Yeah, I think it was yeah, just was, a crowd that pleaser. Second, that was my second choice, Barbie yeah. after American Fiction. So yeah, I mean, maybe I'll change my mind. I want to. I want to see it again. Yeah.